Hey guys, it's Matt here, and I got a story for you. When I was a kid, I was playing hockey, and oh man, there was this one year, this one team, we could not beat these guys. They were all over us, they were competitive games, though they were tight, but we just could not beat them. And I remember the last game of the year, it was up against this team, and we were gearing up, we were like, we have to get these guys. When we won that last game, it was so satisfying, because we finally got the victory over the team that had dummied us, that had dominated us for so long. I think this is the same thing with sexual brokenness, with sexual sin, where there's been brokenness in our lives and the enemy has come and taken ground and he's dominated us for so long, but we get to make a difference. We get to be part of a message and a a mission of freedom. It is such a cool opportunity. So I want to invite you, men and women of any age, to be part of the Action Squad. The Action Squad is something that we're putting together right now. We're looking for 100 people to be on the Action Squad. There's going to be some competitive nature to it. There's prizes. And we're going to work together to help produce a documentary that is literally going to change the world. We're featuring stories of sexual brokenness, of people who have been restored and redeemed, reconciled to God and to people in their their lives. And we're going to feature these stories in this world-class documentary that will be a resource for churches to host movie nights, for small small groups to watch together, for families to watch and be inspired by. And it's going to highlight the problem in the church, but also show the, the power of God that is at work when we bring this stuff to light. And so if you want to be part of the Action Squad and help us put this documentary together, I would love for you to go to restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. You can watch a 10-minute video there that I put together on what it can look like for you to join us in this mission and be part of putting this documentary together. So restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. Hope to see you there. Welcome to the Pure Victory Podcast, full of hot tips to help you win at sex, conquer porn, and find purpose in staying free forever. Here are your hosts, Matt Klein and Braden Hafner. Hello, hello. Welcome to another Pure Victory Podcast episode. Matt and Braden here. Pumped to hang out with you again. And uh, oh man, today we're talking about godly sex acts. <laughs> This should be a sermon, hey? I think so. Sexual things that God wants us to do in marriage. Caught my attention. <laughs> yeah. You know what? People people ask this question. People say, what's okay for us to do? There was a guy that one time asked me, hey, like my wife and I, we have oral sex in our marriage. We both enjoy it. We both want it. But is it okay? Like there's an element of guilt. Like we're not sure where mm-hmm. God stands on it. And so he he just wanted to say like, I, I want to be able to do this guilt-free or not do it if it's not God's will. Yeah. And so he he had that question. And so we just want to bring clarity to things because we don't want, and God especially doesn't want people to be doing things sexually in marriage with guilt. He right. wants us to enjoy sex. He wants us to, to enjoy his design. And he created us and our bodies in certain ways to enjoy. And at the same time, there are other things that people are engaging in that might cause some damage and that might do some harm. And so we want to we want to just you know share what we think the bible is saying about this stuff and and hope that it brings some clarity so that people can really have guilt free enjoyable sex lives mm. in their marriage that's right you know we we don't set ourselves up as the experts here these are what we're seeing as Matt and as Brad and in scripture what we've seen in our own ministries what we've learned what we've seen modeled for us from what others have taught us and and even in our own lives and journey, but really the hard principles, I think you could probably agree with here and that there's things that are immoral that we can do and engage in that aren't good for us. And there's things that are unhealthy. There, there, there's a difference there, yeah, right? Yeah. There's some things that are unhealthy that 
you know, we won't break down what that means. And there's things that are, that are morally wrong that God is very clear in scripture about that. You just don't, you don't do those things in, in the context of, of sex. And when we say sex, we want to be clear. When we say sex, we're talking about in the context of marriage. Why? Well, we, we did talk about this in a few of our other podcasts, but you can't separate sex from marriage because that's not the way God designed it. And that isn't because we're a bunch of stick in the muds trying to kill your fun or God's trying to kill your fun. It's because sex is best experienced and only designed in the context of marriage because we connect deeply with sex. Sex is powerful. It isn't just a physical act. It is a full act that includes all of our being. We're giving ourselves fully to another person and vice versa. That can only be experienced in a healthy way in marriage. God knows that. That's why he gave us that kind of boundary marker for us. Yeah. And it's better that way. We're going to talk about kind of two angles to this. We're going to start with the first one, which is moral issues. Okay. So moral issues. And when we say moral issues, this is the things that are very clear in scripture that God has put boundaries around saying, don't do this. This is not from me. This is not of me. This is not for your benefit or your good. And there's direct commandments against these things. And it's, it's for our benefit to not do them. Okay. So some of these things um, are very clear. And one of them is we never invite other people into our, into our marital bed. You do not invite other people into our marital bed. For those of you that are thinking right now, that sounds pretty self-explanatory, but you might be surprised. Okay. There's ways that we can invite others into our, in our, in our bedroom that we don't even know about. Like I've heard of people we'll talk about fantasy where they might have a crush on a celebrity right? Yeah. And when they're making love to their spouse, they imagine that their spouse is this person. Yeah. You're inviting somebody else into your marital bed yeah. right there. Yeah. Even if it's just in your mind. Can you imagine? I mean, if, if your spouse found out that's what you were doing, do you think that's going to benefit them? Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. I think they'd be pretty hurt. Would you feel good if your spouse was doing that? No, right. I'd feel terrible. I'm like, so I guess I'm not good enough then. You're inviting somebody else into your bedroom when you do that. And You know, for some of you, that might be a little surprising because, well, it's just a thought. You know what? Thoughts are powerful. Jesus said, don't even look at another woman lustfully. Yeah. Yeah. And so (laughs) it's not like to guilt. It's not like, oh, how would you, like, how do you think they would feel? It's not to put guilt on you. It's to say, like, for example, there was one guy that said to me, yeah, I fantasize about this other person all the time when I'm having sex with my spouse because I just want to finish sooner. Right. So the guy was saying, oh, I just like, I'm tired. I just want to be done. But what he wasn't saying was, I just want to be here for as long as my wife wants and make sure she's pleasured and satisfied. Wow, yeah. What he was saying was, I think about another person because I just want this to be done. <laughs> right. right. And so the whole thing is about you. And so with the trouble with what you're saying, Brad, and with fantasy inviting that other person in is that it's about you. It's not then about the other person yeah. that you're with the spou- your spouse. So inviting that other person in, in your thoughts, in your mind, you're not connecting with your spouse because primarily you're thinking about the other person the 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 fantasy the person you're not with you're not thinking how could i serve my spouse what's Mm. best for them right now right and so that's if you do that if you think about the other person about your spouse and how you can best serve them the experience is going to be so much more enjoyable and Uh you're going to build a connection moving forward and it's so important that we focus on our spouse because one of the things that god does for us i mean for us guys i'm going to say right now i've heard this said your wife is your standard of beauty Did you catch that? Your wife is your standard of beauty. She is your queen, your princess, the one that is the most beautiful woman on earth to you. Okay? If you invite something else into that, you're comparing her to another woman. You're comparing her to certain body parts. 
you might have fabricated a make-believe woman of all these different body parts of different celebrities that you like. That woman doesn't exist, right? And you've created this thing in your mind. And now that that's your standard, it's not your wife anymore. So the instant that you start doing that, you're, you're basically shortchanging your marriage, you're shortchanging your spouse, you're shortchanging yourself too, because you have moved away from what God's given you as your standard to something else. And that's gonna impact your marriage terribly. It really will. If you start looking at other people and, and comparing your spouse to them, you're always gonna be in the comparison game and it's really hard to break free from. We're gonna say that right now. So your spouse has to be the standard of beauty for you or standard of handsomeness. <laughs> That's a word <laughs> yeah, for yeah. ladies out there. Your guy has to be the standard of what's handsome, okay? Absolutely. So, yeah, so moving forward from fantasy then, like we get into the real thing, like, oh man, I, I want the real thing. So maybe you desire a threesome, you desire a polyamorous relationship where there's multiple partners, there's, you know, I have somebody on the side, maybe it's a swinging relationship. Like a boyfriend or girlfriend on the side. Yeah, yeah and yeah. some couples are okay with it, right? Yeah. Like I got my girlfriend and she has her boyfriend and, and you know, the justification is, well, I have my own sexual style but who am I to say to my spouse that I'm the only person that can ever satisfy them? Maybe yeah. they have a different style. And so yeah. she should be with somebody else. If I really love them, then she, if I really love her, then she should be able to experience somebody else. And the, the, these are justifications that some of us think. These are things that some of us have said in marriage. And it's just so damaging to bring another person in because it's a very, very, very slippery slope. I mean, number one, it doesn't glorify God and that should be our number one motivation for everything mm -hmm. is that it doesn't glorify God. It's not what he wants for us. But when things glorify God, it also benefits us. And so bringing other people in is always damaging. I know that there's even people that, that are believers, that are Christians who have same-sex attraction that go, well, if I, like, so for example, if a wife desires girls, um, and she's like, well, maybe my husband would like to have another girl too. Right, right. And she, and I would enjoy that. So then she goes to her husband, like, would you enjoy this? And, and then it's like, oh, like, no, like that's so damaging. It's twisted. Yeah. But you got to realize like, that's a desire. That's a fantasy. But we got to understand that our life is not our own, that we have to live a life of surrender. We got to bring things to God. And so things happen to us. We have desires that maybe we, we didn't ask for, but it's always, how do you steward it? Mm -hmm. How do you steward that desire? So do you go and have other people come into your relationship or do you steward that in an act of surrender to God and glorify him in that mm -hmm. way? So it's just so damaging bringing other people in. And I just beg you guys, if that's something that you guys desire, please don't do that. No. It's so damaging because something like, like scripture says, the wise man sees what's coming and takes action now. So if you can see what will come down the road a year from now, five years from now, if you bring another person in, it's so damaging to your relationship. Mm -hmm. And I heard a story one time of a couple in an open marriage where the wife was with another guy and the husband was okay with it and he was looking for other girls. And, uh, and, and the wife wanted no strings attached sex with this other dude. And so they started hooking up and they had sex. But then she was like, but then I got it kind of got mad because like, I would only hear from him when he wanted sex and I wanted a little bit more from him. And it's like, well, of course he did. It's that emotional connection that you can't get away from yeah. with sex, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so now she's spending more time in her marriage thinking about another man emotionally yeah. and then she is her husband. And so it's just so damaging and it goes down so many bad roads. Oh, and so there does. are even people in the church that desire this and yeah. we hope that, uh, that there can just be these red flags that we take seriously. And you know what? Even if you're in agreement about this, Agreement between you doesn't mean it's necessarily right. And why we're saying is because clearly in scripture, God says, 
The marital bed is for the husband and a wife. It's sacred. You protect that. You protect that and watch over that. And sex isn't just a physical act. Often when people engage in this activity, it's because they think that sex is just a physical act, much like you shake hands with somebody. What a lie. <laughs> what a lie. Sex is powerful. It connects you on a deep level. You know, neurochemicals are released when you have sex with your spouse that bind you together. And then spiritually, you bind together. You can't do that with your spouse if you're doing that with multiple people. You will never be able to bond to your spouse. Mm -hmm. You just won't. You're going to be wounded. They're going to be wounded. And you're going to bring this second guessing kind of component into your marriage. Always wondering if they're thinking about somebody else or if vice versa. You will just not have um, uh, a free marriage in the sense of being able to enjoy each other and grow in your own intimacy. You don't have intimacy. Intimacy is destroyed when you bring other people into that. So that's why we're very clear and God's clear about this. So Brad and I got a question for you. What about blowjobs? Can we go there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can. Absolutely. Let's talk oral sex. You know what? In regards to this, we're going to, now we're moving a little bit away from the moral components. Now we're going to start moving into whether this is healthy or unhealthy for us. Because in scripture, it doesn't specifically say don't do oral sex. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say that at all. And some people have said, well, yeah, there's areas where it says, no, we're just, for, for Matt and I, that's not what we see in scripture, okay? But we're going to say right now a few things. One, if both of you as a couple are okay with it, you've talked about it. And we say talk about it. You need to talk about these things. You need to communicate what you're okay with it and what you're not okay with. If both of you are in agreement that this is something that you want to do for each other, and this is something that you want a part of your sexual lives together, and you're in agreement then we would say that's healthy, so long as you have that understanding. Now, if one of you is not comfortable, and we're talking about you have a strong belief against this, you're feeling guilt and shame, and you're just not, you're not, for whatever reason, you just are not in agreement about this. If you have disagreement, you A, have to stop that behavior and talk about it, or you don't include that behavior at all in your marriage. Um, because if you're in disagreement, it's not right for your marriage. It's not healthy for your marriage. Because that means one person is demanding it from the other. Mm -hmm. And sex is about giving of oneself, about serving another person. If you're demanding someone to do something for you that they're not comfortable with, it becomes about dominating another person. So it's not healthy for you if you're not in agreement about it. Is there anything you want to add to that there, Matt? So yeah, to summarize, we say go for it. Like we think oral sex is is great. We think it's biblical. We think it's it's part of how God made our body. Um, I mean, hey, even just look at how sex works. A guy is like raring to go. Like we're ready right away. A girl, she takes time to warm up. She takes time to like get in the mood. And so foreplay is such an important part of it. And a lot of women, and actually to speak specifically to women, don't actually orgasm from intercourse no and they orgasm from oral sex or yeah, they or orgasm touch or from whatever. touch from that's a finger right. from a hand that's right and so that's part of god's design is that is that sometimes it, even there's studies that say it takes a woman like 14 or 17 minutes of action to orgasm yeah. but the average guy lasts like, like two, two minutes, minutes. <laughs> so there's something yeah. missing there right in the equation and so we just think it's clear as day that that oral sex and that fondling foreplay is very godly and it's part of his design right. for us and, and something that he means for us to enjoy hey he's not sitting up there all strict and stuff and and prude and like yeah. don't talk about yeah. sex don't do things he's like no i want mm -hmm. you to enjoy it i made your bodies for this so mm -hmm. let's go have fun that's right and you know if, if you're listening and you're you're uh, 
you know, as, as a married person, you're hearing this and you don't feel comfortable with oral sex. We yeah. just want to say to you, that's okay. It's okay. You're not broken. Okay. It doesn't mean that you have to try to force something here. Um, and you need to communicate with your spouse though. If you're not okay with it, you need to have an honest discussion. And then as the other spouse, I mean, whoever that is, if you want oral sex and your other spouse doesn't, don't demand that of them. Be gracious towards them and loving and say, okay, with it, then oral sex is off the table for us because I love you. And I want the best possible sex life for us in our marriage. And that doesn't include for us me demanding something of you. You need to be in agreement about it, okay? So we just want to say that. We're going to move on to the next one, masturbation. So we have talked about masturbation on another podcast. Uh, now we're going to talk about it though in the context of marriage. So masturbation and marriage can mean a lot of different things. It can mean as a husband and wife, you're doing that for each other. Or it's the solo act, okay? And... When we talk about masturbation, usually we're generally meaning the solo act of masturbation, not what Matt, you're talking about fondling or, you know, husband and wife touching each other that way. No, we're talking about the solo act. And you know what? For masturbation, it usually leads to becoming dependent on that selfish act to get your need met. So you remove your spouse from the equation. It's just about you. And we've talked about this on our masturbation podcast. So please go listen to that. We break it down way more. But if you remove your spouse from sex, it's about you. You're doing that for yourself. Your spouse is nothing in, as a part of that. You're going to go to masturbation instead of going to your spouse to experience a deepening of your intimacy and your relationship. Instead, you're just going to start pulling away. And we don't want that for you. So that's why we're going to say about masturbation is if it's a solo act and it removes your spouse from it, not healthy for you. Can we do it to each other? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, you're not removing your spouse from the equation there. And uh, go for it. <laughs> So Matt, now that you, you kind of jumped one on me there, um, anal sex. Let's talk about anal sex. Oh man, I had a guy one time. He said, man, I just always fantasize about having anal sex. My wife doesn't want it. And I said, why do you want it? He's like, well, I love the idea of dominating. And I'm like, he's a real go-getter. Like he's like a kind of big personality and like in everything in his life, like he's done really well. He's been successful. He likes to dominate. And so he's like, well, I could get that feeling in bed through anal sex, right? Right. And so often that's what it is. Whether someone wants it because they want to dominate or because they want to be dominated. Some women want that. They're like, dominate me. Right, right. Right. And so that's both from both parties. That's an unhealthy thing. You want it to be something where you're like equal lovers and you're serving the other person. And and just to give... Um, some context here, like Braden's saying with oral sex, with fondling, if you're both okay with it and in agreement with it, then go for it. That's in the context of when it's healthy. If yeah. you're both in agreement with, like Braden was saying, with having another person come in, that's not healthy. If you're both in agreement with anal sex, we would say there's a lot of uh, physiological and, and physical things that point to that this is not healthy at yeah. all. It puts to, your spouse at risk. It really does. The, the the anal cavity was not designed for a penis to enter into it, okay? It wasn't. And it can cause severe damage there. It really can to the point where there's tearing and then bacterial infections or other kind of infections. Every time that you engage in that, that's a potential for you to potentially injure each other that way. So, you know what? If I don't you want do, that. No, I, I don't think anybody would want that, right? And we wouldn't want to do that to our wives and... You know, don't put her at risk. Even though you might you might do it 10 times and 10 times out of 10, it's fine. There is always potential for serious injury to you and to your spouse. So why would you put yourselves at risk for that? I don't think that's a loving act when you're putting your spouse at serious physical risk. It's right. just not. 
So we would say with anal sex, don't do it. We don't think it's healthy. Even if you're in agreement about it, even if you're, you're so quote unquote careful, you have great potential to injure each other. It was not designed for that. Yeah, it's designed for something else completely. <laughs> yeah. So some couples are like, man, we've been married a long time together. We've uh, tried a lot of things together. We've done all the positions that we can think of. Like, what else can we do to spice things up, right? Mm -hmm. So want to bring some outfits in and get role play going. Role play, right, yeah. What do you think of that, Brad? Well, you know what? I think role play can be really fun. I think it can be really fun if you guys engage in that and you're in agreement about it. Now, when you and there is an unhealthy aspect to role play if it tries to recreate something that is birthed out of unhealth. So if you had a past experience that was traumatic for you, maybe maybe one of you were abused. Um, and we've seen this where um, abuse leads to acting out in that same thing. So if you were dominated at some point in your life and you want your spouse to dominate you, that's probably birthed out of an unhealthy pattern. And we would say, first, you need to deal with the unhealthy aspect, um, not trying to live that out or recreate it to, to get some sort of inner need met. We don't think that's healthy. Um, if you're using role play to act out things that you've seen in porn, mm -hmm. um, I don't think that's healthy. Mm -hmm. I don't think your spouse, if they knew that, would want to do that. Mm -hmm. Think of your, like, guys, think of your wife. If you saw something on the screen that you wanted her to do and she knew that, I don't think she'd be okay with that. I think she'd probably be quite hurt to try to do something that you viewed on the screen. So there is unhealth here that can happen in role play. I mean, if you're in agreement though, the main, the heart behind this though, is you need to talk about these things. You need to communicate and both be in agreement about what you're gonna do. If you surprise your spouse with something out of the blue, you could seriously hurt them. You have to talk about these things ahead of time and be in agreement about them, right? And you can have fun. Sex is meant to be fun for sure. But if you're bringing unhealth into this or you're maybe the fantasy, if you're removing your spouse completely from the fantasy, maybe you're, you're visualizing them to be something completely different than who they are. That's probably not healthy, you know? And so we would say, you know, you just need to be in agreement about this. And there's a lot of nuance to this for sure. And there's a lot of you know, it might seem like gray area, but the heart behind it really is, are you loving your spouse? Are you putting their needs uh, above your own? And are you, are you inviting some bad stuff into your marriage? And only you know this, really, you have to talk about it. So we can't give you all these markers of what to look for here with role play. You have to talk about it. And once you do that, I mean, sometimes we do need, we need, we need to have some, some understanding about this, but, you know, look to scripture, you know, what, what God's word says about how we love each other. You know, if it goes against God's word, then I think that's pretty clear that we don't engage in those activities. And we could give you a lot of verses about, you know, what it means to, to, to love another person in the context of marriage, but we encourage you to look that up and then look at your role play. Does this match up to God's word? If it doesn't, if it's going against that, and probably something that you want to avoid and it can become unhealthy for you. Yeah, and if it's birthed in fantasy or if it leads to fantasy that where the fantasy is outside your spouse, that would be something to be very careful with and, and probably to avoid. So for example, if you'd love for your wife to dress up as a nurse in your role play, mm -hmm. but then that's going to lead you to thinking every time you see a nurse when you go to the hospital or the doctor's office, you're, you're thinking about that yeah then that that would be something i would stay away from yeah. and so we just want to have wisdom we want to be open with our spouses and the reality is not everything is laid out uh in scripture for a reason because we have different experiences we're we're all complex and different but we all have the same spirit 
And so the Holy Spirit can lead us into truth. And so if we just submit our desires and everything to him and go like, is this okay? Listen to what he's telling you. Like, listen to the feeling that he's given you. If there's any type of hesitancy between you or your spouse in this, Mm -hmm. that might be the Lord saying like, hey, watch out. Like I'm warning you about something that that could happen. So um, we just want to give that that those ideas like with role play, talk about it and use wisdom. Where is this leading to? Is it going to lead to anything that's unhealthy for our marriage? Yeah. And so with that, kind of the same idea where people think, okay, there's uh, there's outfits. Maybe I'm not going to, we're not going to role play, but we want to bring some toys into the bedroom. Yeah. We're talking about sex toys, not Lego here. <laughs> <laughs> so sex toys. And there's lots of them. There's a lot. There's, I mean, there's a huge industry here and um, with sex toys. And the, the thing with this is we'd have the same kind of heart behind it. If it removes your spouse from sex, if it removes them completely, then it can become unhealthy. So, I mean, we know a lot of sex toys are used as a solo act kind of deal. Some aren't, but and they don't always have to be. But again, there's a slippery slope here you need to be aware of. Um, if you're requiring a sex toy... Um, outside of your spouse and that stunts your intimacy like you can never move past that so what we mean by that is well normally as in our intimacy with our spouse we grow together we learn together and we hit that sweet spot in year 20 or whatever else because we're learning each other we're learning what we like we talk about it we say okay this is good this isn't good you know we pick up on this stuff and we become better lovers but a sex toy can stunt that growth and you might be wondering well wouldn't it aid to that maybe but what I, what I mean by stunting that is if the, the toy becomes the only thing that you use to achieve whatever you're looking for mm-hmm. and you can't move past that, if you need that every single time, um, then you have to ask yourself the question, do I need my spouse for this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> if, you, if your answer is no, then maybe you need to start asking yourself some questions here. Mm-hmm. And again, both in agreement here because for, for a married couple, if one of the spouses came to a realization that their spouse needed a toy and they were irrelevant, how would that make them feel, right? If they didn't need to be there. So to give examples graphically, like if a wife is like, I need a dildo. Right. I, need, I need a dildo in order to, to achieve orgasm. He's just like, he can't do it for him. He's not fast enough or whatever it is. I, I mean, I would say like, is the husband okay with that? Like, does he feel inadequate? Is it like, oh, I'm really just not good enough for her? Like, maybe he's silent in this in this decision of like, okay, I guess we're gonna get dildos because I'm like scared of my wife and don't yeah. want to disappoint her, and yeah. she really wants it. But like, does the husband feel okay with that, uh, or does he feel inadequate? Yeah. If he feels inadequate, I think the point of sex is to build each other up and to love each other, not just to get off. And so that's a consideration in this. And at the same time, like say, for example, there's a, a sex doll or there's something where the, right. the husband is like, right. man, I just prefer this. Like, I like this yeah. better. And the wife is like, okay, like, I guess you can do that. Uh, or she's like, you know, got something else that she's stimulating him with. And 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 so that's where a sex toy is replacing the other person. Yes. That can cause some danger. Now, it's not like, you know, using a feather to tickle each other. That, yeah. might, be something, that might be something right. that's different right. where it's uh, more innocent. But you use that you use that, um, that guidance of like, is this wise? How does the other person yeah. feel about it? Is it going to lead us to any point of being unhealthy? Or is it just like we're in agreement with it? It's mm. not unhealthy at all. We don't think it's sinful and it's probably going to be okay. So Yeah. And this, like you were saying, this needs to be an honest discussion. And I think sometimes for you, if you're a spouse that you're using a sex toy on your, your husband or your wife, 
and you feel inadequate and you're afraid to bring this up. You don't want to rock the boat because you can see how much they enjoy it when you use a toy on them. Um, you still need to talk about it because those feelings aren't going to just go away. They aren't. And that's going to affect you. That's going to affect your marriage. And eventually you're going to start holding back. You're going to start. Yeah. You're going to you stop have resentment, sex. Right? You're going to have yeah. resentment. There's going to be more things that are going to come from it. You're going to lack yeah. communication in other areas. And so we really want to encourage you. Yeah. Be open. Be open. Talk about it. Absolutely. And so we're not saying sex toys are bad. Full stop. We're not saying that. We're saying, you, as we said with role play, you need to have wisdom. You need to be talking about it. And you need to, you know, have honest conversations. If you can't do those things, if you can't have an honest conversation, I would probably remove the sex toys because until you can talk about it fully and be fully honest, you know, any any aid, quote unquote, that you bring into the bedroom will be damaging then. If you can't be in agreement about it, it's going to be damaging. So you have to talk about these things, even though it might be um, an uncomfortable conversation. You know what? That's okay. You know, make a space, a space for each other to share these things with one another. And you know what? That's actually going to build your intimacy more than any sex toy ever could is having honest conversation. It really will. If it stops you from having honest conversation about what you like and what you need from your spouse, then it's probably not a good thing. Not healthy. I mean, so that's what we'll say there. Is there an opportunity for it to be healthy? Sure. Absolutely. But again, you have to talk with your spouse about this. So a scripture that we think applies to this idea and this this topic is that everything is permissible, but not everything is profitable. And so God, I think, wants everything to be profitable in our lives that we do, that we engage in, that we experience. I think he wants sex to be a very profitable thing in a marriage, to build intimacy, to enjoy it, to just like take this thing that he's given us, this gift, and be like, man, this is like an awesome part of my life and I love having sex. And, and doing sexual things with my spouse that are healthy. And so I think that's the goal. I think that's his desire. And so everything is permissible, but not everything is profitable. And so we just want to encourage you, do what's profitable for you. Do what's fun for you. Do what builds your marriage. And we hope that you can have the best sex life ever. So thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Leave a review if you can. Feel free to share on your social media. If this is the one that you want to share, Godly Sex Acts, hey, I'm, I'm proud of you. You're a brave and courageous <laughs> person yeah. stepping out. So, um, But we appreciate you getting the word out there with the Pure Victory Podcast. And thanks for tuning in being part of our tribe. We'll chat again. Thanks for listening. If you would like to hear more, please visit purevictorypodcast.com to subscribe. This podcast was made possible by the generous donations of our subscribers. If you would like to help support the cause financially, once again, please visit purevictorypodcast.com.